Today, uh, we are in a time, aren't we, of um, hope, hopefully a time of national transition. Uh, there's just that little bit of doubt being cast on it by the new variants, the Indian variant. Uh, even this week, uh, Boris Johnson has made that comment of concern, which uh, we appreciate. And so we're looking ahead and trusting for increased freedoms um, and a time of transition is coming. We don't know quite how fast it will come and so on, but that is the season that we are in nationally. And so we felt it would be good and I trust helpful to have two messages on navigating transition. I'm doing the first one today and Gareth's going to follow up with a, a second one next Sunday. Treasure chest is back with reduced capacity than before, but it's back. Um, Super gang is back, but with reduced capacity. Transition is beginning to happen, which is, which is great. And as of tomorrow, two households uh, can meet six people inside. So small group-wise, it creates opportunity uh, in, in some ways to eat together as well and to do stuff. So let me encourage us all to be taking advantage of the freedoms that we do increasingly have. As from June the 27th, well, it may be that we have unrestricted opportunity to meet together uh, in the Caris Centre for Sunday worship. We don't know for sure yet, but we hope it we will, and it may be that that will happen. Uh, now, we're aware that the reality is that we will have, amongst all of our congregation, a range of reactions to that prospect. And I just want to speak into that a little bit today. We're going to turn to Joshua chapter Chapter 1, if you have a Bible, you can be turning to that. But these range of reactions, because um, everybody's been in a different situation, everybody's circumstances have been different, everybody's personality is different, everybody's health experience is different, everybody's context has been different. And therefore, we're going to come to, to, to this kind of transition phase from very different places. And it's important we recognise that, and first and foremost, give scope to one another for that. And whilst this morning I, I do believe that uh, God has a message of provoking encouragement to us, I want you to hear it out of the recognition that everybody's in a different place, and we'll see that as we go. Um, we are looking to make plans, of course, towards being able to meet together, all together again in the Caris. And with that in mind, a survey will be coming out, ask you just a very short, very few questions in not a week tomorrow it will come out. Uh, to ask you, you know, where you're at with this on this journey. So if you can respond quick that week, that will give us opportunity then to reflect on that and that will help us shape how we go forward together and what that's going to look like and what the speed of the journey is going to look like. For example, how quickly will we need two meetings again is, is a big question in terms of our planning and your answers will help us to shape that. So two messages on navigating transition. I wonder how you've been feeling since Christmas, maybe. Um, my own journey would have been that up till Christmas, I basically said, yeah, I feel fine. Um, after Christmas, I realised, oh, I don't feel so fine. Actually, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't great. Um, and I was not depressed, but I was fed up, really, wish, wishing it all to finish, wishing to, to be back into freedom and normality and meeting people again and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, my energy levels, I noticed, had dropped. Uh, I think that's probably a very common experience. Um, that may be part because of my age, it may be part because of my eyes, because actually being on Zoom and on the laptop all day strains my eyes, and by the evening I'm just not good for anything. Um, it may be just because of the social dynamics of lockdown and all that stuff, I don't know. 
Um, for me, it was, you know, me and, and God, and uh, that's fine, and Angela, and that's fine too, and laptop, and Zoom, and meals, and walks, and TV, and bubble, and bed. Repeat. 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 And again, repeat. And that's, that's been our experience. And it's, uh, So I'm, all I'm trying to give you all space to, say, to recognize, where are you at? Now, by God's grace... He, and actually particularly reading Gentle and Lowly, just to put another plug in for that book, absolutely amazing, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. If you haven't got it yet, get it and read it. I suggest a very short chapter at a time. That, and that processing of that with God has you know, really helped me to, to come to a better place. Internally, I'm talking about. But I do think that there is a huge danger for us of what I can only call inertia, of having sort of settled into something that is less than God wants us to move into. And that's exactly where Joshua chapter 1 comes in. So as we begin to think about the prospect of transitioning and inverted commas normality, let's have a look at this chapter. And as I felt God had kind of drawn me to it, I'm literally sitting in my study at home with my Bible open at Joshua chapter 1, and I receive, at that moment, a voicemail comes into my phone, a voice message. And it's from my friend, very strongly anointed prophetic friend called Adrian Horner, who some of you will know and used to be in the church here. And uh, he left me this message and he said, I feel like as I've been praying for you and the church in Bishop Stortford, I'm drawn to Joshua chapter 1. And I feel like there's an edge on it for you. And I thought, that's extraordinary. I'm literally looking at it. And the message arrives. So that's why we're going today from Joshua chapter 1. Let's have a, a look together. The context is that Israel are uh, camped in a place called Acacia Grove. Um, and uh, that's the tra in, uh, translation of it. And we have a PowerPoint uh, map, which we'll show you now, which will show you where it was. And they've been in the desert for 40 years. They've got to this place called Acacia Grove, which in um, Bible language is sometimes called Abel Shittim, which doesn't sound very polite, so I thought I'd stick to Acacia Grove. Um, and, uh, but that is actually in the NLT. That's what it calls it, Acacia Grove. Now, that is the picture, that is the description of the location that they're in. And uh, Joshua is now leading the people of Israel, having been in the desert 40 years with Moses. There are several hundred thousand of them, maybe well over a million, not sure exactly, but it's a lot of people. Let's read Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, notice that, get ready to cross the Jordan, Jordan River, into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. That's the first five books of the Bible now. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Is he getting the message yet? Do do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the camp of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. And then he goes on in the next few verses to address specifically the two and a half tribes have already got taken possession of their land east of the Jordan and says to them, now you don't stay here, you come over with the rest of us and help us to gain our land and then you can go back and they all agree wholeheartedly to that. And then uh, the spies are sent off to Jericho uh, to spy out the city, the first city they're going to attack. And uh, meanwhile, everybody is at Acacia Grove. And now we've got a photo of roughly what it would have looked like. This is an acacia grove in the Middle East. So the thing about acacia grove, as I said, it's five to six miles from Jordan. It provides shade, very important. And there was a brook there, so there is water to drink. So it's a very sensible, good place to camp. It provides some of the basic necessities. It's a comfortable, relatively comfortable place to be. If we want to put that into modern context, we'll go on to the next slide. It might be a house a little bit like that. That is an actual acacia grove, I found. So a house in an actual acacia grove somewhere. So maybe that looks a bit like your house. Maybe it doesn't. But the whole, I thought it was a great little image of a really comfortable place to be. This is a nice house. In fact, it's a nice bungalow. It's a nice settled retirement home. As we come to think about navigating transition, what was the, the thing that uh, God was that the people of Israel were facing? They've been told they're going to go and cross the Jordan. Next photo, please. Now that is an actual photo of the River Jordan in flood, and this was at the time of the flood. Okay, when it would have been in flood in the season that the Israelites were there. That is challenging. They think, well, oh my word, how are we going to get across there? And if you know the story, you'll see that later on, God actually does a miracle and stops the water some miles upstream to create a dry opportunity for these hundreds of thousands of people to cross this river, which would not have been possible in flood if that had not happened. So, what is it that God is saying to them? He's saying something very challenging. I want you to leave where you are, this acacia grove, this place where you have settled. We don't know how long they've been there, but we do know that it was a a choice place to be. They would have settled. And God's like, it's time to move on. You can't stay here because there are promises yet to move into which require you to pack up all your belongings, get up, 
and move yourself. And so this decision comes to the people of Israel. I wonder what, what went through their minds at this point. They could well have been, well, actually, I'm quite comfortable here. We've got shade here. Look, it's Joshua, it's only between five and six miles from here, Acacia Grove, to the river. Can't we just stay here where it's a comfortable place until it's actually the moment to walk across? And by the way, did you not know that it's in flood? It's going to be a bit tricky. Who knows what sort of conversations might have gone on. But it could very easily have been a lot nicer prospect to stay where they were for the time being until it came time to actually cross. But that was not what God had said to them. He said, I want you to to move, to leave Acacia Grove and go and camp by the river. Verse 2, now the time has come. So God is sovereign about timing. He's Lord and we trust him. And whenever the time does come that complete freedom returns to us or almost complete freedom and we're able to live our lives as we would like to and gather together as a church as we would like to, God is sovereign of the timings. He was the one that said to Israel, now's the time, go. And ultimately, God, who is in charge of government and the world and the whole system, is the one who will decide when's the time. And we trust him for that. That's fundamental to our faith. We trust him for that. And we say, Jesus, we trust you right now. We trust you for timings. We submit to you for timings. Lord, we much rather be in your hands than anything and anybody else's. So we submit to government and we submit to you in Jesus' name. There's something important about that for some of you. I think it was the line about submit to government. I don't know whether it's some of you in the room or whether it's some of you at home. I think there's something important that God wants to remind you about there, that he has called us to submit to those in authority. That's a biblical principle for us. Hadn't planned to say that, but I just felt moved to. Okay, so he says, now's the time. Verse 2, he also says, you, did you notice this, and all these people. You and all these people. So this is everyone, the whole hundreds of thousands. This is the old and the young. This is the sick and the healthy. This is the anxious and the eager. This is those with... Maybe many animals and maybe few. Those with many children, those with few, those with none. This is everybody. Whatever their circumstance, and we talked about our circumstances will be hugely varied right now in terms of what we've been through and how that's left us internally, I'm talking about, as well as in other ways. But God's word to the people of Israel was, you and all these people, and I do think he's saying that to us today, you and all these people, so whoever you are, I'm talking to you on camera right now. I'm talking to you in the room as well. All these people, whoever you are, let's go together. Let's make a decision today that together we are going to go into the future that God has for us together as his people, as his church. Into the promises of God, our promised land, if you like, that are as yet unfulfilled, but are still there for us to move into, which we can come on to another time. The decision today is... Are you ready to move? 
Are you going to make a decision that says, okay, God, I'm not going to allow myself to settle back. Whatever my internal world looks like, I'm going to decide today before you with my brothers and sisters that this is a day where I am going to get up and start to move. Even the physical um, situation that we find ourselves in when we're at home on a Sunday morning watching on a screen will tend to be sat you know, during, during the whole hour, probably most of us sat on the sofa, probably got the coffee. It's really nice and comfortable here. And God says, get up. The time's coming to get up. And actually, that's not going to be the mode. I want you to meet together because the, the biblical encouragement and instruction is to meet together and remote is not together. I know that's strong. I didn't know quite how this was going to come out, but I do think it's important. Let's not be those that just settle, but say, no, okay, Holy Spirit of God, will you stir us? Do you know what? This must not be, although I am getting quite excited about it, this must not be me getting excited. It's not about that. This is about what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through this moment and in your hearts and lives. Jesus, I pray, be pouring out your Spirit on us. Stir your people. Stir us, Lord. Thank you that you understand every circumstance, every experience we've been through, mentally and emotionally and physically, financially, relationally, socially. You understand it all. You've seen it all. Now give us grace, Father, we pray today to come together to make this first step that says, okay, we're going to leave Acacia Grove. We're leaving that behind. We're going to get up and begin to walk in this season of transition. What does it mean to get ready? That's what he says them to do, get ready. When then later Joshua interprets that a little bit more fully and says, get your supplies ready. And if we just, as we come to a close, we'll be thinking about that for a moment. He's saying to the Israelites, pack up everything. <laughs> They're not going to leave much behind, are they? They want to take it with them. Pack up everything. And uh, there's their part to pack up and to walk. And there's God's part because he says, I'm going to give you the land. But they have to walk into it. And there's a beautiful uh, participation that we have there in fulfilling the purposes of God. And verse 3, chapter 3, verse 1. Their response is recorded there. It says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Acacia Grove and went to the Jordan. They all went. So he's getting us, he's calling us to get ready. Um, what does that mean? Well, it's got to be to get ready to obey what God says. That's the fundamental. And we already have some fundamentals in Scripture given to us. We have fundamentals like Jesus is asked what's the greatest commandment he says love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength love your God with everything that's that's our first thing and then then he says and the second one is this love each other love one another Jesus says love this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you if you love me you'll obey my commandments he says so loving one another is fundamental and renewing our relationships together is 
fundamental to what we're called to and have an opportunity to in a new way as we transition and go forward. So it's loving God, loving one another. And then what did Jesus say? What we call the Great Commission? Go and make disciples of all nations. Get out there. Get into the sea to go back to the prophetic word that was given to us recently about moving into this sea that actually is a sea of people who will then come and turn to follow. Let's spend time with people. Let's be doing that. Andrew and I are doing that increasingly. Um, Very intentionally giving time to meeting with people who we know who don't yet know Jesus. And I'd encourage all of us to be doing that. Get into the sea. Get in there. Um, And let's see what God will do. That's what Edit was doing by mistake in the hospital. He didn't want to be there, but that's where he was. (laughs) And uh, we know the results. So to get ready means, first of all, three things. I think to make a decision to reject inertia, to say, no, I'm not going to say I'd rather stay here. It's too much effort. No, I'm going to become a a full-on, wholehearted, newly recommissioned follower of Jesus. Now, it might be that you've never become a follower of Jesus. And actually, your decision today is to say, I will become a follower of his. I want to know more about that, perhaps. And a phone number is going to go up on the screen now. If that's your situation and you've been watching in with us maybe today and maybe previously as well and would like to know more about what does it mean to to follow this Jesus, then if you contact that phone number, somebody during the week will respond to you or get in touch and just say, how can we help you? What can we do to to help you on your journey to, to get to know this God who is alive and kicking and wonderful to know and well worth serving and wants to save you and forgive you and know a relationship with you and you with him both now on earth and for eternity. And he is wonderful. Do, do get in touch with us. We'd love to help you with that. So make a decision is the first thing. Second is get your supplies ready. In terms of our responses today, make a decision. Get your supplies ready. Um, what does that mean? I think fundamentally it means be filled with the Spirit. And we'll pray as we close in just a moment. He is our source of strength, isn't he? Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you in Acts chapter 1. Paul says, I pray that he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit, Ephesians chapter chapter 1. Later on in the same book, he says, go on being filled with the Spirit. We, We never run out of, we never get tired of, we never run out of need for being filled with the Spirit again and again. And it's an ongoing daily thing. So let me encourage you. Get your supplies ready. Has to mean go on being filled with the Spirit. Otherwise, you'll run as dry as the Jordan River did in order for these rites to go across. That means asking God. It means when we've got the opportunity, praying for each other, and laying hands on one another when we're allowed. Um, go on being filled. So... Make a decision, get your supplies ready, which means be filled with the Spirit primarily. Uh, Thirdly, meet together. Uh, Let's take the opportunities, as and when allowed, to meet together, to encourage one another. As the writer of the Hebrews said, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. That's one of the big purposes of meeting together, to encourage one another. So we want to do that. And finally, this theme that comes again and again through Joshua chapter 1 that we read, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Keeps repeating it. Don't be afraid or discouraged. That all sounds great, but not so easy to put into practice until you read the next line, which says, for I will be with you wherever you go. 
It's not about self-effort. It is about a decision on our part, but it's not about self-effort. It's about asking God to give us his grace as we put our wills into it to follow him with all our hearts. And one of the commentators points out that when he says, wherever I'll be with you wherever you go, one um, translation of that is, I won't drop you. I won't drop you. He won't drop you. Shall we pray together in the room and at home? Let's pray. We need to finish. And after I've prayed, I'll hand back to, to Alan Benita to close out. Father, thank you that uh, I do believe that you, you're speaking to us and thank you that your heart is for every single one of your people to leave Acacia Grove and to move on together in you. And uh, thank you that you, you did that for Israel and we ask you to do that for us. We ask you to give us grace to come into this season of transition, to, to move camp, to go from Acacia Grove to the Jordan, to be ready to cross into the next phase that you have for us as individuals and together in the promises that you've given to us. So Holy Spirit, we simply ask you now to come on us afresh again with strength and courage. Receive strength and courage in Jesus' name. Overcoming of fear to those who are afraid. Encouragement to those who are discouraged. Holy Spirit, we need you. Come on us. Keep coming on us, Lord, as we meet together, we pray for each other on Zoom now, in groups later, in the week, whenever we get the chance. Come on us as we seek you privately. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.